from Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a late career job loss. I had people tap me on the shoulder, whisper in my ear, Joel, does this make sense? Today on episode 24 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with Joel Salomon. Joel was laid off from Citibank in 2012. It was a time of great uncertainty in the financial services industry, and what followed for Joel were two major career transitions, both into entrepreneurial ventures. Listen as we discuss how Joel overcame some incredible obstacles and is now in the pursuit of a very big mission. If you are trying to build your own business after a late career job loss and want to make more money faster with fewer mistakes along the way, Sign up for a complimentary Going Solo action planning session now. Go to goingsoloplan.com. That's goingsoloplan.com. Now let's welcome Joel Salomon. Joel is a prosperity coach who helps others overcome obstacles standing in the way of their financial freedom. In 2019, Joel published The Nine Money Rules Millionaires Use, Only the Unconventional Ones which was a bestseller in both self-help and personal finance. In 2018, he published Mindful Money Management, Memoirs of a Hedge Fund Manager, which immediately became a bestseller. Joel was laid off from Citi in 2012, which gave him the kick in the butt to live his dream and start his own hedge fund. Joel, welcome to the show. David, thanks so much for having me. It's a really great pleasure to be here. Great pleasure to have you too. So I know that you're not running your own hedge fund. We're going to get to that. But before we even get to that, let's start off by talking a little bit about why it took being laid off to get you to live your dream. Yeah. So again, thanks for having me, David. I, I'd like to start first by saying I I talk first about how proud I am of my daughters, Lauren and Morgan, who are 13 and 15 now. And I started my company, named them, made, named my company Salor Moore after Orders Lauren and Morgan. So, and, and in fact, my hedge fund was named Salamore. And, and yeah, so I had this dream for a very long time, probably 1993, when I was getting onto the Bloomberg machine at New York Life working as an actuary and realized that I could actually analyze stocks on this Bloomberg machine. And then I said, wow, wouldn't it be great if I could align my hobby and career and actually do what I love, then it wouldn't be work at all. And so I started down a path to become a money manager, be it a mutual fund manager, a hedge fund manager. I knew that's what I wanted to do. And so I I got the dream job or almost my dream job when I started working at Citigroup in January, 2008. Not, Not the best time to be starting to manage money, but uh, we, we survived. I survived and, and some say thrived, uh, making money in 2008, again in 2009. But the, there was a law that was passed that said banks cannot own hedge funds. And so that Volcker rule required Citigroup to lay off the whole group. And so in 2012, I was laid off with the rest of the group. And finally, I had the epiphany that, wait a second, this is what I was supposed to be doing all along. I'm supposed to be going out and having my own fund and helping you know, high net worth and, and institutions make money. And so that, that's why I say it gave me the kick in the butt to start my own company. 
Yeah. How did it feel when the kick in the butt actually first came? Great question. So initially, not great. I And to be open with you, I didn't immediately go to, okay, I'm starting my own fund. I started looking for other jobs. Which is pretty common. Very common. Right. It's a common reaction. <laughs> and not, And surprisingly enough, despite the fact that I made money in 2008 when you know, the stock market was down 40%. Financial stocks, the only stocks I was managing were down 57. We were up a few percent. We made money in 2009, made money in 2010. And 2011 wasn't the best year, but financial stocks were down 25%. And we were down a few percent that year. Which is actually remarkable results when you look back on it. It was quite good. And so it was surprising to me that I it, it was actually difficult to find a job in in early 2012. And what happened was I had a, an analyst working with me and I, I had promised him that if he came over and started working with me in 2010, if anything happened, you know, we'd, we'd find something somewhere else outside of Citigroup. And we didn't, we couldn't. And so eventually he found his own job and I realized that I was supposed to start my own thing. And he really couldn't do that because, you know, initially it would have been I wouldn't have been able to pay him. And so that whole scenario, I believe that everything happens for a reason. And that whole scenario created the opportunity for me to start my own fund, raise the money, and create my own business, my first business. And you did pretty well in your own hedge fund. I did do pretty well in my own fund. In fact, uh, you know, we, we raised enough money for it to get going. We, in 2013, my, I was only managing money for about six months. And in that time frame, we were up just 10, we were up 10% in just six months. And we continued to make money 2014 into 2015. But I did have an epiphany at the end of 2015, which, as you said, I, I'm now a prosperity coach. I'm teaching people. I'm not a financial planner, financial advisor. All I do is teach people about money mindset, about investments and personal finance. And if you like, I can tell the story why I, what the epiphany was and why I decided to shut down my hedge fund. Yeah, absolutely. So I went to this personal development course and two things happened at the course. One was we had a guest speaker speaking about stocks and stock options. And when he started talking about stock options in particular, he made it sound like it was a get-rich-quick scheme. You don't need much time. You don't need much money. This is how the rich people get rich. And options are essentially riskless. And I was sick to my stomach. It was just like he was, at the very least, misleading 200 people in this room. I had people tap me on the shoulder, whisper in my ear, Joel, does this make sense? You know, and so after he was done, we went outside. I told him, please don't do this. You know, he has no idea about your assets or cash flow or earnings and or tax status. But most importantly, he has no idea about your beliefs about making money in stock options. And as you know, chapter one in the nine money rules is when you believe. So that's the first thing that happened. The second thing that happened was we had an exercise called obstacles or illusions. And we would given this wooden board about two inches thick, and we had to break it with our bare hand. Have you done this, David? I have never done that, no. It's, there was a lot of fear in the room. 
we had to literally fill out a permission slip listing our next of kin. And, uh, and so we had to write on one side with the, the exercise obstacles or illusions. We had to write on one side our biggest obstacle and our other side our ultimate goal. And I wrote on one side as my biggest obstacle, raising enough money for my hedge fund for it to be a long-term viable entity. But on the other side, I wrote my ultimate goal, helping everybody in this room become financially free. And like the other 200 people in the room, I broke the board. I went home that night and both those episodes were just rolling around in my mind. I couldn't sleep. First of all, the that that guy was was being misleading. And I felt like if I could ever get up the courage to speak in front of 200 people, you know, my biggest fear in life at the time was public speaking. I could do a much better job and I would be much more authentic. And then, you know, the half of that board was staring back at me in the middle of the night, not, not the full board, but half the board making everybody in this room financially free. And finally it hit me what I was supposed to do. So I literally at like five 30 in the morning, I went into Manhattan and I sent an email. I went into my office on 54th and 6th, and I sent an email to my investors telling them I'm shutting down my fund, giving them their money back. I, I truly found my true purpose in life. And so I spent 2016 shutting down the fund, and, and I've spent the last three years building this prosperity coaching business, helping individuals, teaching them what the truth is about investments and their money mindset. And how to teach and teaching them how to become financially free. So what I'm hearing from you is is two shifts. One is a shift that for many people is excruciatingly difficult, involves a lot of uh, emotional distress and then some some mindset issues to go from being an employee to being a business owner. And in your case, you were a business owner where you had to not only sell, you had to raise money from investors which has got to be super challenging. That That's a challenging transition in and of itself. And then you are in a, the kind of business that many people would be really envious of and sounds like you were you had a pretty successful track record early on. And all of a sudden, you had the courage to shut it down and become a prosperity coach, which is something you hadn't done at all before. Correct. So I'd love to hear... A little bit about the like how you dealt with the the emotions around that second shift where you really are like jumping into the unknown and how you dealt with that. And then we can talk more about some of the the practical issues associated with the shift as well. Yeah, the emotions. Well, I, I just had absolute faith that this was the right thing to do. And so that really spurred me on throughout 2016, shutting down the fund and then you know, starting up a whole new business, which was what, you know, people in the, in Wall Street world call retail. So it's, you know, individual coaching mm -hmm. rather than when you're in a hedge fund, you're marketing to institutions. And, and you're right. It was a very difficult process raising money, but we, we ended up raising you know, not enough money for it to be a, a viable entity. But the emotions were, you know, I was had a lot of faith. I, I didn't have a lot of fear shutting it down, you know, shutting down the hedge fund. I, I felt that this was really my true purpose. And, you know, obviously we can get into processes and building up uh, another new business. 
And I started, you know, a lot of different things, trying a lot of different things in order to gain clients and, you know, thought about how, how I could build a business, having already built one already and learning from, you know, the lessons that I had in the first business and applying them to, to this new business. So Joel, how long did it take you with this, the new business of being a prosperity coach? How long did it take you until you started gaining traction with paying clients and felt like, it, like um, besides having the belief that it was the right thing to do, but you actually saw the tangible results that people were paying you and you were able to pay bills with that new business? Yeah, so I, I got clients right away, but the pricing wasn't right from my perspective, probably from theirs, it was great. Uh, I was gaining clients, but, you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, may, may sound self-serving, but I'm a very giving person. And so I was giving, I was giving a lot, um, and not getting a lot in return. And I loved helping people. I still love helping people. And so it was very, by the way, I give everybody 30 minutes free. So if anybody on the call wants to listening, wants 30 minutes free, they can go to my website, I get 30 minutes free. That's Salamore, S-A-L-E-U-R-M-O-R.com to get a free 30-minute coaching session. So I started out by doing a lot of what you'd say is pro bono work, where I, I was just helping people, teaching people about how their mindset is impacting their, their finances, teaching people about the basics of investing in stocks or bonds or real estate, and, and, and then going into some of the personal finance matters. But you know, so to, to answer your question, it, it was really this year that I've really started generating substantial income for the business. And, you know, the last year and, and one of the, I talked a little bit about some lessons. So let, one of the big lessons I learned from, you know, Solomon, my hedge fund was to focus on what you're good at and then outsource what you're not. And so for me, you know, I love to develop content. You know, I, I wrote two books now in the last two years. I love doing workshops and, and seminars and webinars. The marketing aspect is not something I love. And so I've, I've outsourced that in this business. And it took me a while from, at my hedge fund. I was doing everything except, you know, being the CFO of the company. And so it took me probably until... Yeah, I started the fund late 2012 until 2015 for me to actually give up responsibility for, you know, marketing, raising money for the fund. And so I've learned here that, you know, that's that's something, you know, I've I've given up early. So I've I've hired somebody to help me uh, social media and, you know, offline marketing so that I can grow the business. And that's worked quite well. OK. And, and how long have you been in in the prosperity coaching business now? So three years. Okay. So it was really like the third year when things kicked in financially for you. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, and do you feel now like the prosperity coaching business is financially has greater potential than the hedge fund business? Yes. Well, I was passionate about both, but um, I think my passion level is even even higher here because I, I just really, it really lights me up to help people. And I found that it, as early as 2015, even though it was my third year in the hedge fund, I, I just wasn't loving getting up in the morning and and picking stocks and doing the trading and doing the analysis where, you know, it's 
yeah, I get I get so much joy out of helping people that it's it's um, I'm in a very different place three years along than I was three years into the hedge fund. And so that I, I definitely think that the upside potential here is so much better. I would tell listeners, you know, do what you love. You know, if you really truly love what you're doing, then the money will flow. You know, if your passion level is really, really high, the money will flow. And and I've heard a lot of people say the same thing, that if you're really passionate about something, you really love doing it, focus on what you're good at, focus on what you're passionate about, who you really love to serve, and the money will flow. Yet at the same time, I've seen many people, particularly those that go into some kind of coaching role, that struggle to gain clients and struggle to gain clients at a high enough price point that they can pay their bills. Yeah, I think it's valuing yourself appropriately and knowing that you're providing true value for your client is important. Pricing it, it appropriately is important. And I actually help with help small business owners myself uh, and entrepreneurs to do those kinds of things so that they they know the value that they're providing to their clients. And so for me personally, I, I'm still having a hard time with it because, you know, there, there are people that, you know, have manifested. I have a small group that I coach and they've manifested a hundred thousand over a hundred thousand dollars now in, in less than three months, you know, so their return on investment is three, four, five times, depending on the person. Right. So if I invested in the stock and you told me I'm going to triple my investment, you know, how often does that happen? So it seems to me like maybe I'm still underpricing my product if you're tripling or quadrupling or getting a five bagger on on what you invested in. So, you know, I want I, I do want that to happen. Maybe it's a, a double or a triple each time, not a five bagger. Right, right. Yeah, and it and it, it takes um takes time to kind of figure out the right price point in any business and especially um, your kind of business. It's not so straightforward. Yeah, mine is completely different, I think, for most people because I'm, I'm helping them with money. And it's, you know, it's a touchy subject. It's emotional. But there's huge upside potential for them if when they change their mindset and when they learn, you know, my five-step stock screen that you read about in my book or the seven-step real estate process. I mean, there's real, you know, monetary return from what I'm teaching them. So it's, you know, the sky's the limit, really. Yeah. And money is a very touchy subject for a lot of people. However, if you've spent your most of your professional career dealing with money, it becomes uh, much more second nature and the emotions are generally um, taken out of the whole process. Exactly. And that's what I I want to get people to a point where, you know, their limiting beliefs are not stopping them, you know, so we can shift those limiting beliefs to empowering beliefs and then they can actually have fun and enjoy, you know, the whole process of dealing with money. It's, it's all a game anyway. So <laughs> if we can get it to be a game, then, you know, they're having fun. Um, sounds good. Joe, um, what's your dream for your business? That's a great question. My, ultimately, I want to help at least 100,000 people become financially free. That's my ultimate dream. If I could do that, you know, I could rest in peace. Sounds great. Joel, if someone wants to go deeper with anything that you've shared today or, or get in touch with you, where's the best place to go? So 
So joelsolomon.com or ursolomore, S-A-L-E-U-R-M-O-R.com. I also, I don't know if you're going to ask this, but I, I do want to give out uh, a few uh, free copies of my new book, The Nine Money Rules. So I'll, uh, if anyone's listening, if they want to text to 66866, that's 66866, money rules, one word. Any, anyone who does that, uh, I'll, give, um, I'll give the first five free copies, five free copies of my book there. Sounds great. Well, Joel, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Going Solo and share your insights. My guest today has been Joel Salomon, Chief Prosperity Officer of Salomore. Thank you again, Joel, for joining us. Thanks so much, David. Pleasure. Real pleasure being here. Thanks so much. When you visit the Going Solo website at smashingtheplateau.com slash going solo, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today, we learned how Joel overcame some incredible obstacles, ultimately to pursue a very big mission and much more. If you are trying to build your own business after a late career job loss and want to make more money faster with fewer mistakes along the way, sign up for a complimentary Going Solo action planning session now. Go to goingsoloplan.com. That's goingsoloplan.com. Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them learn how to build a successful business after a late career job loss. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.